Well, thank you, choir. I love it when the choir does a song that recontextualizes the passage that we're about to read. Um, and that is exactly what happened. So I'm going to be reading uh, a passage from the third grade Bible that we give out to our third graders. This is in the Common English Bible Translation. You can follow along on page 60 of the New Testament in your Red Pew Bibles, just word of caution. It'll be a different translation. You'll get different words, which can be fun sometimes, but if you're following along there and not in your bulletin, don't get confused. I'll be reading from Luke chapter 3, verses 1 through 6. Listen now for God's word to you. In the 15th year of the rule of the emperor Tiberius, when Pontius Pilate was governor over Judea and Herod was ruler over Galilee, his brother Philip was ruler over Eturia and Trachonitis, and Lucanius was ruler over Abilene, during the high priesthood of Annas and Caiaphas, at that time God's word came to John, son of Zechariah, in the wilderness. John went throughout the region of the Jordan River, calling for people to be baptized, to show that they were changing their hearts and lives, and wanted God to forgive their sins. This is just as it was written in the scroll of the words of Isaiah the prophet, a voice crying out in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Every valley will be filled, every mountain and hill will be leveled. The crooked will be made straight and the rough places made smooth. All humanity will see God's salvation. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. As we prepare to dig into this text, would you join me in prayer? Gracious God, give us your Holy Spirit to illuminate our hearts that we might understand, our eyes that we may see, and our ears that we may hear the good news you have to give to us this morning. We pray all this in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, the Word made flesh, our Lord. Amen. So in addition to my third grade Bible, which uh, I, I actually have on loan from Kate McFarland, thank you, um, I also brought up something very important with me. Do any of you know what this is? Can you see it from out there? Oh, and by the way, this is going to be a little bit of a dialogue of a sermon. I'm going to try to have some conversational moments, so this is not a rhetorical question. Go ahead and raise your hand if I ask a question and you've got an answer. Anyone know what this is? Yeah, Robbie. This is body spray. The best kind. It's Axe. <laughs> right? I should show you too, choir. I'm sorry. Um, when I think of Axe body spray, my mind is immediately transported to my seventh grade gym locker room. And uh, I came of age in the late 90s, and it was at that time, and maybe times other than that, that seventh grade boys used to think that deodorant was unnecessary. And so uh, the, the locker room had this interesting just confluence of smells. There was um, the smell of body odor, which was pungent and formed the foundation of this, but then there was also the sickly sweet smell of Axe body spray. Because some of my peers, um, I, I may or may not be included in this, uh, thought that it would be a good idea to just spray and then walk on through, and you were good to go. And many of you all who use, um, you know, maybe it's perfume, maybe it's cologne, maybe it's Axe, uh, know that a little goes a long way. And so it's not a great thing to have a foundation of kind of... Uh, 
with like some sickly sweet smell on top of that, is it? That's not good. That's not how we deal with the root issue. We're going to come back to Acts uh, in a moment, but it's important, I think, to what John the Baptist has to say to us this morning. But I want to step away from that to one other thing as we prepare to hear what John has to say. Uh, who here has been to or like knows what I mean when I say a red carpet event? A few of us? What's an example of a red carpet event? Go ahead and raise your hand and uh, if, if you've got an example. Like my seventh grade friends wanted to use Axe body spray to cover up the issues uh, and, and make it look like they're asking nice folks to come when in fact they didn't do the deep work necessary. They didn't fix the foundation. They didn't fill in the potholes. They didn't reduce the bumps. This is what John the Baptist is talking about. Not literally the red carpet, right? Because uh, you, if you've seen pictures of John the Baptist, you know, like, would John the Baptist be welcome at a red carpet event? <laughs> He's got this big raggedy beard. Do you remember what John the Baptist ate? Locusts. Yeah, dipped in wild honey. Um, and I don't imagine that, you know, at the red carpet, you would have like hors d'oeuvres of locusts and honey. Um, so John the Baptist, in inviting the people who he was baptizing to repent and to take care of their lives, he was inviting them, much like Terry said, kind of like get ready to come to church, right? Get ready for the day of the Lord. Get ready for the work that God is doing. Truly, welcome the Lord. Don't just cover up the places that you mess up with the equivalent of spiritual axe body spray. Don't pretend like you're being holy. What John is asking for with the people was righteousness and justice. This is a theme that we've hit on a few times throughout the last few months. Righteousness, this is like a right relationship with God, right? This is our vertical relationship with God, where we need to do actual concrete practices to do right by God. We actually need to do the work of filling in that pothole, right? Or leveling out that bump. Same with justice, which is caring for other people. Justice is really nice to talk about abstractly because it doesn't require much of us when we talk about justice. Unless we say, I need to pursue justice for my friend Stephen. Thank you for being my you know, go-to, Stephen. If I say I need to pursue justice for my friend Stephen, then that means I need to do actual work on Stephen's behalf. I need to know what he cares about, and I need to care about it too. That's a lot harder than just saying, I value justice. It's a lot harder to say, I am going to practice righteousness by coming to church, whether in person or online. It's a lot harder to say, I'm going to practice righteousness by reading God's word to me than just saying, I like to be righteous. John is asking us to do something specific here. Prepare the way for the Lord. How many of you are familiar with the story of the princess and the pea? Some of you know that story? Can somebody share like part of that story? Like, like, what are some of the highlights? Go ahead and raise your hand so I can see you if you want to share some highlights. Yeah, Judy. There were a lot of mattresses set up, yeah? To show whether she was a princess. Yeah, so this princess is asked to sleep on a, like, I think 10 mattresses is what comes to mind for me. And then there's this little pea underneath all these mattresses. And if this lady is a true princess, 
she won't be able to sleep a wink because the mattresses will not be level fully, is kind of the idea, right, Judy? Yeah, she'll somehow feel the pee through all of them. The princess in the pea is how we're supposed to tackle our faith. Even a small amount of unevenness in the red carpet that we are rolling out for Jesus, we want to tend to that. And it's not that Jesus won't come into our lives. It's not that Jesus won't love us if we don't tend to that. But when we prepare the way for the Lord, we're going to embrace the words of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., which says that injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. Injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. And it's the same thing with righteousness. If there is one part of our lives, and it might be the part that's coming to mind for you right now, that you've been dodging God's invitation to explore. Unrighteousness anywhere in your life is a threat to righteousness everywhere. And the beauty of grace is God loves you even if you don't have your act together. Amen? What this passage charges us to do is as we prepare for the Christ child to come on Christmas in the season of Advent, we are also preparing the way for the Lord to come again in glory. And how we prepare for Jesus is by pursuing righteousness and justice in specific, concrete, measurable ways for specific people in our lives. So I want to pause there for a second because I... um, I want to see if there are any questions. And this is a different way of doing a sermon than I've done it before. So I don't know if there are any questions about the passage or about what I've said. And if there aren't, then we can leave it there. That's fine. But if there are, um, I'd love to be able to, to try and speak to them. So if you've got a question about where we've been so far, raise your hand. Everybody's clear on this. This is awesome. That's cool. Choir? Any questions? I... I haven't been looking at you as much as as I would up in the pulpit. I'm sorry. Well, I think that we will leave it there for now because we've got a few more Sundays to prepare for the beginning of the end that Jesus promises us. Um, My charge to you, and I'll say this again toward the end of the service, is to pursue righteousness and justice. Make sure that any valleys you have as you roll out the red carpet are dealt with. Make sure any mountains you have are dealt with. Don't use spirituality like Axe body spray. Let's close in prayer. Gracious God, thank you for being with us and for giving us opportunities to do more than just cover over the places in our lives that you want to care for. Thank you that you came at a specific time to a specific place, that you were coming again in a specific time in a specific place, and that you've given us your ministry. Bless us as we go from here, and bless us in our worship. It's in your name we pray. Amen.